You're listening to the Teens Need Grace podcast, where youth pastor Evan Magelson equips parents with how to apply the gospel to raising teenagers. We take time to answer your questions, interview the experts, and hopefully give you a laugh along the way. Here's Pastor Evan. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm honored to have a very special guest in the quote-unquote studio today. Uh, Jason King is a senior pastor here at Faith Bible Chapel, but he's also been a youth pastor, a worship pastor, and he and his family were missionaries to England as well. So Jason, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Thanks for having me with you, Evan. You're, yes. you're one of my heroes, <laughs> and it's an honor to be serving. Uh, if you're listening, I did slip him a 20 um, <laughs> to, to say that. Uh, um, so there's always a couple of questions that I want to ask all of my interviewees. Um, okay. First one is, why do you think the gospel is so crucial when it comes to parenting teens? And then the more serious, the serious one is, what kind of teen were you and a funny story that you all want right. to share. So we should start with we maybe the funny story. Yeah, we should start right? with that right. one. So that's what all good preachers do is you start with something <laughs> relational and funny. So um, a funny story, well, I have a lot of horrific things that that uh, I did, which I won't share, but were done to me. <laughs> Great. Also. So one of them, my freshman year, um, I, um, I was walking across the gym. So at my school, we had food in the cafeteria, so we ate in the cafeteria. Then we would come out, everybody would just hang out in the gym. Like, they'd sit around the edge, some people played basketball, and right. so it was just full of people. And so I'm walking across the, the gym, like caddy corner, one corner to yep. another, and, uh, and one of my um, so-called friends <laughs> in the middle of the gym um, decides to pants me, just <gasps> right there, no. right in the middle. Of everyone, and so um, so was so like the whole school was basically in or half the school was yeah in half this the gym. school was in the gym sitting around and just you know it, those people who were at that lunch that's where they hung out so everybody just sits around and goofs off and <laughs> and so anyway he pants me right in the middle of the gym and uh, and I had I had my, my my shorts tied really tight you know no and so no. He, but luckily luckily. Um, it wasn't a full. Praise, pant, pant. praise God. It it wasn't the full meal deal. Oh, but but it, it went. It, so they went down, and I tried to grab them and pull them back up as soon as I could. But because I I had a drawstring that was tied really tight, I couldn't get them up as fast, and so I just pulled them up, and kind of was hopping around trying to get them up, and then I just kept walking and just left the gym area. Wow. So that that's one of my... <laughs> one just, of the many. One of the many <laughs> stories. Yeah, so when yeah, that yeah. happened, did like, did you have one of those moments on those TV shows where everything freezes and yeah. you look around and literally everyone is watching? Or do you think it kind of was so busy no one no, really noticed? No, no, everyone noticed. <laughs> uh, the gym got quiet, everyone laughed. And I chose not to look around because I didn't want to make eye contact with and anyone. Was, and so I just kept on walking. And this was freshman year. Freshman year. Was this yeah. like beginning of the year or like? Yeah, no, it was the beginning of the year. It was like, oh, and I remember no. I had it was a it was a matching. This is how traumatic it was. I remember it was a yellow <gasps> Nike tank top and Nike shorts. Oh, I rem I remember all of it. And uh, wow, that's that's how I stepped into 
um, and uh, enjoying my teenage high school years. It was, <laughs> it was fantastic. So when you went home that day, what did, what did, did you tell your parents, or did you? No, just... I just uh, you know you, I I just curled up in a ball and just wept, and um, <laughs> and I was and and looking back, I'm grateful there were no cell phones because oh, they weren't man. invented back then. Um, uh, they were invented, but you know. You for but, sure, if that happened today, you would have been on Snapchat. Oh, totally. It would totally. have gone viral. It would have gone viral, yeah. and, and 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 your whole life yeah. would have just been. Yeah, we totally. Did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be here today. Actually, I would probably be. <laughs> no, I don't. Know. I don't know about that. One. But uh, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I I guess the point of why I just I want some parents to hear from some of my interviewees like, hey. Stuff to teens happens, yeah, and there's yeah, hope yeah. and help even when we're goofy or when embarrassing things oh, yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, cool. So I guess my second question, too, is, um, you know, the whole point of this podcast is really to just encourage parents because uh, right. everyday life with teenagers has really deep valleys and has really high points, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of parents out there are just learning as they go. Um, you know, right yeah. when their teenager turns 13, they're a brand new yeah. teen yeah. parent. And so the whole point of this is to really just um, give parents hope and help and also how to apply the gospel to just everyday situations yeah. with yeah. a teenager. So why do you think, um, specifically with teenagers, why do you think it's so important to apply the gospel every day with raising teens? Yeah, so I think it's the, Paul calls it the gospel of grace. Right. Um, and I think it's very important that uh, a parent um, helps teenagers understand that grace is real, right. forgiveness is real, um, second, third, fourth, 82 chances is the grace of God on our own personal lives. And I think that it is, a child will never really understand the grace of God until they, until they first, I think, experience true grace in the home. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't consequences because, I mean, the Word of God's very clear. What, what makes us, Ill, Ill, sorry, what makes us legitimate children to God is that He disciplines us. Right. So, so if God is, if it's the gospel of grace and part of grace is discipline, totally. there's, a, there's a, it's not so much what you do, it's the, it's the motive and how you do it. So if I, when I, if I, I strive to discipline my children out of, out of a, a heart of, of grace, but discipline still happens. So I choose to show kindness and grace and love, but still I must discipline them because if right. I don't, they are, they are Ill, illegitimate children. So it's this understanding that, that I love you, I'm going to discipline you. And this, by me disciplining you, doesn't mean after I discipline you, then I'll like you again. <laughs> right. You know, because totally. okay, you're, you're distance. Now there's penance, and I'm going to cause pain to you, whatever, by taking something away or, or whatever, whatever it may be. But it's them understanding my heart of grace. Is I, the, I think grace says this to us. It says that, that, we, that, that we are accepted and loved regardless of our behavior and what we do. So the gospel, God's grace needs to be evident in our homes where our right. children don't feel like they're, they are loved by us than not loved by us. They're cared for us than not cared for us. The, right. the, 
depending on their a behavior. Workspace. Workspace. Yeah, workspace. however you however yes. you act is yeah. how much yeah. I'm going to love you yeah. today. And I think grace, grace and parenting, I know it, this isn't particular yet about teenagers understanding grace, right. but grace parents the heart, mm. the law parents behavior. Right. So it's about your behavior versus, no, it's your heart. And I think so many times, because all of us grew up in some level of dysfunction, we can we can negate that. We don't right. understand that. Why am I am I doing this to parent the heart? Or sure. Am I doing this? I just want them to conform. Conformity right. is not um, is not great parenting. Yeah. It really isn't. It's so. really easy to look at a teenager's behavior. Yeah. And just try and fix the behavior instead of looking at the heart issue the why. behind That's, everything yes, and exactly being. Right. And I think too with I mean even with myself I have a two year old I just want him to start to. I want him to stop screaming right now. Yes, right. Now. <laughs> and, I mean, right now. Right now. And so I think that continues on as <laughs> totally. parents of teenagers. It's yeah. like, man, just just stop right now. And so instead of being patient and loving and gracious and working towards the goal of yeah. heart change, we just, I mean, you're really bugging me right now. Yeah. So right. I'm going to be law-based instead right. of. Right. Um, and and I, think, I think a lot of times, me included, my wife and I included, we, we want behavior to change immediately, right? So that um, we can we can feel better, right? It actually has nothing to do about the child. Totally, it has everything to do about us. It's what we want in the moment. You're That's right. you're interrupting my time. You're right. inter- you're interrupting my peace and quiet or, right. or whatever, right? And so yeah. Now and I think standards because think about this. God's the word of God is it. It is every, everything from the Old Testament leading to the New. Everything is pointing towards the gospel of grace, that Christ came. And the Word of God is so clear at all of that. And I think in, in our, but there are still parameters. Right. There's still parameters of what it means. So we, we don't, our behavior isn't shaped so that then we can enjoy grace. No, we need to understand and embrace grace so then we can understand why our behavior needs to change. And I think same way with parenting. There, there have to be parameters. They, I, we have very high standards in my home. Sure. What they say, how they respond, how they act. Um, you know, there are, there are things that are very important to me. But I, I strive to do it by grace. I don't always do it by grace, right. but I strive to. But, but it's important because if they don't understand that, they don't see and experience grace there, how are they going to ever really see that with God? Um, and I, w- I want to set that example. Yeah. So I, that kind of um, pops the question in my head. Why? So what kind of verbiage do you use with your own teens to make them feel like, listen, your mom and dad, like your mom and I, we don't expect perfection, but we ex- like, how yeah. do you, because I can see where that could, where teenagers could feel like they're under the, the thumb uh-huh. of, man, I need to be this, this good Christian boy or girl. Yeah. And if I'm not, then so how do you how do you lovingly come alongside them and say, "I love you for you, but I expect yeah. Yeah. this kind." Of, does that make so, sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think so many times that I, the parents can um, can talk about what their child does wrong. Right. So this is a phrase that I use in our home. Hey, listen, son or daughter. Hey, listen, um, you're you're better hmm. than the behavior that you're showing right now. So what I'm doing, it's not about, by saying you're better, I'm saying on the, I know on the inside you're not this person I just saw on the outside. 
Sure. So you're better than this. Mm. And I expect you to I expect you to act who I know that you are. Mm. So so then it, it isn't about behavior, it's about really who am I on the inside? Right. And so many times as parents, it's calling out what you know is inside, what you know they can be. You call that out of them, you call the potential out of them. But how I do it, I just simply say, listen, you're better than how you're acting right now. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I want you to act the way that I know that you are. And if they're believers, it reminds them who their identity who, is. Yeah, exactly, and you're not, exactly right. right. Like, yeah. It's yeah. not their earthly selves, right. it's Christ right. living in and, and Right, and by me saying that too, right. I'm not saying your behavior is who you are. Right. I'm actually negating that your, your behavior is actually not who you are. You're better than this, hmm. and I expect you to, to act that way. And so um, th that's, I think it's, it's, our language is so powerful, what we say. Um, you know, there are times where all you do is you just talk about what someone does wrong, you do this, and you do this, and you do this, and you do this, and there's no hope in that. Right. We just said, you're terrible, you suck, is what we've said. Um, but where have we given them hope? And that's why any, understanding the grace of God, and even in his discipline and correction, there is always hope. There's right. always, I believe in you, this is right. why I'm doing this. And so it's the same way with our children. Right. We have to, you have to acknowledge this is, these are the things that we, we're not, we're not going to have in this house. Right. But this is what I do believe that you are who you are. And right. I do expect you to be who you are. Right. Even if I don't see it, even if I don't, <laughs> I know, right. I know that it's in there. I know that it is. So that's my desire is for them to, to, to look yeah. inward versus just outward behavior. Yeah. Cool. It reminds me of, of when Jesus gets baptized and he comes up and the, the spirit comes mm. down on him like so a dove. True. Yes. And, and God says, man, this is my son. Yeah. This is my beloved, my beloved son, son in whom I am well pleased. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Having that attitude as a parent, I think, will really change the way yeah. what we say and how we yeah. discipline and all that. No, for sure, fun Absolutely. stuff. I agree. Um, so I want to get into the subject of um, teenagers who, um, let's just say, teenagers who have been believers for a long time. Maybe they mm -hmm. got saved when they were like four or five or six or whatnot. They've been in the church for a long time. They go to a Christian school or not, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but they've just They've gotten so used to the Bible, the church, Christian parents, that by the time they become teenagers, it's almost, it's so normal to them. Jesus has kind of become a little boring or they've lost their awe and their wonder yeah, in yeah. him. Um, I've talked to a lot of parents who, you know, when, when their kids were younger, they were just, I mean, pumped for Jesus. You know, they got saved and it was so sweet and wonderful, you know, when they were six or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But as they've gotten older, that sweetness and this excitement for God has kind of not necessarily fizzled out. They go to church, they, you know, whatever, but they, it's kind of just, eh, Yeah. you know, yeah, yeah Jesus is Jesus. He's saved, like, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Cool. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I kind of wanted to pick your brain on how do you think teens got there and how would you encourage a parent who has a teen like that? Yeah, I, I think there's probably a lot of variables to all right. of that, of, of course. course. But I think from a parenting standpoint, the question I would ask parents if they recognize that in their child is, are they emulating the example they see? Hmm. Because most parents want their kids to be more passionate about God than they are. Hmm. I, right, that, we, totally. Because 
because we recognize, because we're like, okay, but I'm kind of doing my thing, but I want them to really be on fire for Jesus. And the question is, what does being on fire for Jesus mean? What does it mean to be passionately seeking God? And so many parents want that for their child, but, but they aren't living that themselves. Right. In my personal opinion, I think that a parent that doesn't, let's just, let's just talk about in a church service, a parent that doesn't worship God with passion in, in church service probably isn't going to have children that worship his God, worships God with passion. Hmm. A parent that isn't going to give a sacrifice of praise and lift their hands out of surrender, they probably aren't going to have children who do that because our children are, are products of what they see in us. So what we're telling to them, that's why Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. As a parent, you, you are essentially the Apostle Paul in that child's life hmm. up into a certain age where really, they, really their faith really begins to become their own. Totally. Um, and I would, I would probably challenge parents who say, oh, my, you know, my, my, my kid just isn't passionate about God anymore, doesn't care, doesn't want to go to church, doesn't, okay. Um, is there, is there any of that behavior that they're emulating because they've seen it in you? Right. And if that's the case, then the process there is, one, repent to your, to your child. Two, begin to cultivate a passionate, healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. You want your child to read the Bible and to, and to grow in God and His Word? Are you reading the Bible and growing? Are you, are you demonstrating that the Bible is important in the right. home? All those things have such a major effect on um, on, on our kids. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of parents today follow their parent, sorry, parents follow their children to where the kids want to go to church mm, because, yeah, right. because they, they have lost this ability to set an example of follow me and I, I've invested into this church. Come on, this is, we're a passionate community yeah. of believers. So then it's just, it, they just follow around because parents, again, want their children to, to live a life passionately after Jesus that they haven't cultivated themselves. Right. And uh, so it, it's really, <clears throat> I, that would be my first challenge to yeah. parents. Like, how come my child? Now, there is also the reality too. A child can grow up. You have two kids grow up in the same home and, and grow up in a home that is passionate about the Lord. It's part of their life, part of their, their, uh, their family culture. And two kids can have two different responses. One can embrace it totally and grow in their relationship right. and the other can reject it. And that's just, that's just the reality of free will in which God experienced in the garden. He was the perfect parent. He spent time with them. Right. He walked with them. He, they yep. had everything they needed. He, he had zero, um, there were zero gaps in his parenting. Right. And still they chose to rebel against him. Right. And so that's just the reality of free will. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me, going back to your um, church thing, it almost kind of becomes this thing of like, well, I'm going to pass the responsibility of raising my, ten, my teen spiritually yeah. off to the church. And right. if this church isn't, you know, if my teen isn't coming home on fire right. for Jesus, then we're going to just, yeah. we're going to try yeah. <laughs> somewhere else, yeah. um, which is sad. Yeah. Um, and but, I, I, think, I think it is, though, it's, it's, it's the responsibility of both. It's the responsibility yep. of the shepherd, the youth yep. pastor, and it's the responsibility of the it goes uh, hand in hand. Hand in hand. That it's yeah. a we're this is a partnership together. Yes. It's not it's not a um, a one sided exactly investment into to my child. So yeah. So let 
I want to also go back to, you mentioned, you know, two kids growing up in the same home. One's just super jazzed yeah. about Jesus and the other's yeah. just kind of whatever. If Let's say there's a parent out there who's like, oh my gosh, yes, that's me. What would you say to a parent who's, you got one kid who's just, I mean, you know they're going to be a missionary when they grow up right, to like right. the, the huts of Africa, but you got one who just just doesn't want it. Yeah. What would you say to a parent yeah. or how would you encourage someone with that kind of situation? You know, I think, one, I would encourage you, first, some self-evaluation. Is there something that I can correct now? Is there a conversation I can have? Did I contribute to this child not wanting anything to do with the Lord? And in, in all reality, every parent can say, yes. We can all say, yes. I, right. All of us have done something that, you know, what didn't represent Christ um, yeah. completely, which... Which then, after you evaluate that, I think the other piece is you just, you, you have to commit them into the Lord's hands. Right. You can't carry the responsibility um, for their choice and how they're living their life. But you can still hold firm to the standards in the home. And that's what I see a lot of parents doing if they have a child that, is, that kind of goes off the rails they adjust their standards with the with the, the lifestyle of the child, which again, then they're not standards. Hmm. If standards are movable in your home, they're not standards. They're hmm. they're suggestions that if kids want to abide by them or not. And I think I think I think what standards do in a home is they bring they can bring conviction. When you know you violate it, it's, there's an awareness of it in the child's life. And so, getting back to the job, I, no, think, yeah, I, th I think you just um, you just need to pray for them. You really need to commit them to the Lord. And you need to love them. You need right. to spend time with them. There are times you need to spend extra time with, with kids because they're going through a difficult time. I would encourage any parent to just to open up a, some dialogue and say, and just be honest. So, listen, I can tell you're not, you're not really passionate about... Um, things of faith in God as you maybe used to be. Can you just, can I just chat with you about has something happened? What's going on? And maybe that opens a door for you to, to be able to speak into their life and be able to minister to them. Um, it's, I think it's all about relationship and dialogue. I yeah. Really do. I think coming from a youth pastor perspective, um, I would want, I would want to know from a parent who's mm. struggling with that sort of, with a teenager who's just eh, kind of, yeah wayward or not really into it because then because I think the more really good people that a teenager has around them like so, their yeah, their parent so a youth pastor maybe um, an older guy or gal who you know can speak into them because the more people we have surrounding that teenager you know more more um people speaking into them and loving yeah, on them and, yeah. and showing truth and taking Absolutely. them out to coffee yep. and going to their games yep. and their recitals. I think, uh, I don't want parents to, to feel like, man, I'm in this corner all by myself. That's a I great think, point. Yeah. I think my encouragement would to be, hey, rally, like let's get some people in your corner to rally around you and encourage you, but also let's just bug the heck out of your teenager totally. yeah. and just, and, and, and show them that. I love them. That yeah. we love them, and yeah. um, and this is what Jesus looks like. It's right. not just a reason to get saved. Right. It's an everyday. I love you. Yeah. 
sort of thing. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point, and I think, I mean, what you just spoke of is really probably what a lot of parents feel. Yeah, I think they feel they feel alone, and they feel embarrassed. Right. Like they're like, oh no, I, I this means if I've I failed. If I go to the yeah, I've failed. No, it, no it just means no. um, you you have a you have a child that's a human. Right. You know, as a, as a free will. <laughs> and so, but together, you're exactly right. Through There's the power of community. And that's why it is so important to be connected to a youth group. That's why it's so important to be connected to a church. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that grieves my heart is, is people who will leave a community because in those, in those difficult times, they've just spent years building relationships in this community and then they just exit so quickly, sure. and then they go through difficult times, and then, yeah. then they are all alone, right. and then they don't have anyone. And so that's why it is important to be part of a community that you can kind of like pass the baton to, hey, listen, I'm trying, my, my child's this way, but some youth pastor, can you help me? Right. And then youth pastor can, can talk to other leaders and say, hey, listen, how's so-and-so? What's going on in their lives? Right. Have you showed up? Like, we can... We can kind of rally the troops to yeah. to negate what the enemy's doing in that kid's life. Yeah. So um, so whether you have a teen that's on fire for Jesus or one that, that kind of isn't, what do you think are some practical things? You mentioned a little bit before, but I, I kind of want to see if we can go a little deeper and just more practical. What are some things that a parent can do in the home to help a teenager begin to fall in love with Jesus hmm. every day? Yeah. I, I think I, you know, I lean towards, towards, take being very open and honest and taking responsibility for your own failures in the home. So, I think the biggest the biggest thing that's off putting to kids is um, hypocrisy, and uh, you do what I say, not as I do. Mm. And so, let's just say, like, if if I get frustrated. And I, and I speak in a way that is not the best way, I think it's important that I circle back and say, hey, listen, I was too rough with you. I, I, I still should have said what I said, but I should have said it differently. And I'm sorry, and I'm asking you to forgive me. And, uh, and when my kids say, so it's all right, Dad, I, I said, no, will you please forgive me? I make them say, I forgive you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I say, thank you for forgiving me. Because it's, yeah. it's their choice. They don't have to. Right. But I make them. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, forgive me right now. No, do it right now. <laughs> but, but what I want them to know is, and I tell them, actually, this is what I tell them. I was with my, with my daughter, and it, it was a stressful situation. I responded in a way I, I was not very gentle and kind. And I was taking her somewhere. I said, Ellie, I'm really sorry. I, um, I should not have responded that way. Um, I'm better than that. As I said, I'm better than that. And I want you to know I'm going to continue to work on, <clears throat> on growing as a follower of Jesus. So I love you, you know, so sorry. And my daughter says, she goes, so Dad, you're not Jesus. And I wow. said, you're right, but I'm striving to be more like him. Right. And, but I... That's important to it me. It is. It's I, so important. I, I want them to know we are all on a journey. Totally. The point is that we're moving closer to Jesus. And I haven't arrived, and they're on a journey. And I tell them often, I said, my desire is that you would be more intimate with Jesus than I am, yeah. than your mom is. And I tell them that all the time because that truly is my desire. Right. Um, so in, anyway, with, with uh, 
with this whole parenting aspect, um, I, I really strive to just create this, this um, environment where we are all aware that we are desperately in need of Jesus. Totally. And I think too often we, um, we do this thing where we forget that our, our teens don't need perfect parents. They just need authentic. They need authentic. That's, they need, that's the word, they need authenticity. authenticity. They need yes. humility to, to yeah. because we're trying to teach them to be authentic. We're trying to teach them to be humble. We're trying to yeah. teach them to love Jesus. And the best way, right. honestly, I think that Jesus, Jesus does this is when we as parents just totally jack up. Yeah, right. And we always have two options. Do, yeah. we, do we choose to you know, be embarrassed and fearful and, well, I don't want right. to, you know, I'm supposed to be the parent. I'm not supposed to make these mistakes. Or we do yeah. like kind of what you do and we yeah. just say, hey, listen, <laughs> I, uh, I messed up. Yeah. I shouldn't have talked to you that way and whatnot. And, and you're right. We can't control what our teens, how they respond. And a lot of times teenagers kind of, if, especially if you start doing it right now, they kind of are like, I don't, yeah. know how to respond to that you, you, no you're right that's a good point but but what it shows but it, it our actions right speak louder yeah than yeah. words I, um, I've actually I've talked with kids before that have said my my mom or my dad has never mm. admitted they were wrong mm. right ever gosh so what the the very first step of a relationship, a thriving relationship with God, is admitting right. that you need Him right. and that you have sinned, that you mm -hmm. have fallen short of the glory of God, that the very first step. And so, you know, I, I really feel bad for teenagers. And by the grace of God, I, there's been amazing kids who have come from broken homes. But as a parent, our, our, our goal is not to be right all the time. Our goal is to be authentic Mm -hmm. and do our best to be right, and when we're not, admit that we weren't. Right. I think for a kid, they're gonna be, they will respect you more oh, yeah. and actually receive what you say more if they know they're being authentic. Well, and then what happens is, is when they feel like, when they've messed up or when they feel like they've totally um, right. jacked up, then they've seen a parent model that. Yeah, right. And so then they can say at the dinner table or in the car, hey, uh, I... I messed up. Right. Now, that's not going to happen overnight. Right. Obviously, right. we need to be patient and wait and pray for that kind of attitude. But when that day does come, it's going to just open a door that's going yeah. to just bring so much healing in life. And yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely, I believe in prayer. I think we can pray for our kids, pray God, soften their heart, pray. But in that same breath, we need to also be praying, God, help me to be the example for my child right. that they can follow. Um, and I, it's, it's so powerful, so powerful. Right. I have one last question, and, um, but what would you say to encourage a parent that feels, I don't know, fearful or inadequate to spiritually raise their teenager? Maybe they're, they're listening to this podcast for the first time, and they go, okay, I want to I do this, but I've really, I've had a, I've, I have a consistent pattern in the past of, trying to be Mr. or Mrs. Right. Yeah. But I'm fearful of beginning this new stage of being open and humble. What would you say to a parent to say, what would you say to a parent to help push them in that direction of being in a spirit of, of fear to a spirit of humility, I guess? 
Yeah, I, I think it's just start, take your first step, yeah. to be honest with you, because, we, you, okay, yeah, you, you feel like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm inadequate, I don't, right. know, I've blown it so right. much, and I've, right. I've caused so much pain, or whatever that may be. I, th I think the best thing you can do, one, if you admit that, you ask the Lord to, to forgive you and cleanse you, and then ask the Holy Spirit to help you to live out the life that, that you recognize you, you need to live out. But I think you do, you do pray for your kids, but also you begin establishing habits in your own life that allow you to grow closer to the Lord, mm -hmm. and you will begin to see fruit that you, you will reap a harvest from. Scripture is very clear. It says, God will not be mocked, though this is talking about, it says if you sow you know, seeds of, of the flesh, you will reap from the flesh, but if you sow them of the Spirit, you will reap right. them from the Spirit. So it's important you start sowing seeds. Right. And seeds don't, you don't, they're not a microwavable meal. It's, a, it's <laughs> something that takes time. Right. And so you sow those seeds. You ask God for, pray for a crop failure for, <laughs> right. for the seeds that you've sown that you know are of the flesh. And you right. start sowing seeds of the Spirit by prayer, through time with the Lord, through, through authenticity with your child. It could even be as practical. Hey, listen, you know what? I really want to grow closer to the Lord. Can we can we just pray together for five minutes yeah. um, before they leave in the morning? Just say, hey, I'm going to start praying for you. And if your kid's like, what? <laughs> just, it's okay. I just I, this is something I'm wanting to do more in my life. And so yeah. let me pray for you. And just Lord, just bless Johnny in Jesus' name. Be with him. Protect him today. Help them and right. in Jesus' name. Amen. Start sowing those seeds. Yeah. And you will receive a harvest. It's those little things. Right. It's actually not the big things. I mean, what I don't even know what the big things are, really, but it's the little things. And I think we, it is intimidating if you haven't done it. And it, and it is this sense of, um, but I'm afraid. And what if they, it doesn't matter. Just take the step forward. Do something, do something today that you didn't do yesterday. Sow a seed today in the spirit that you didn't sow yesterday, and you'll begin to see the harvest over time. Yeah. Um, just very small, practical things. Yeah, totally. I think, too, what would help parents is, is just telling people. Hmm. Telling, get, getting in a small group and, and, and saying, hey, this is a pattern that I've had in the past. You're very true, man. And now I want to, because, man, we need, to, we need to stop being on an island yeah. and, and just trying to spearhead this on our own. We need... We need to join arms, lock arms in prayer, and yeah. and 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 get people who can just invest in our lives, and, and yeah. talking with pastors and small group leaders, and right. and other moms and dads who That's the can key. just su support the heck out of us. Yeah, um, because it's going to be hard. Because I because those teens are going to resist that kind of like that. What? Why? Yeah, and we need to because I think what can happen is is. Hey, I want to pray pray for you, and then we do it one day. You're right, and we're just like, "Wow, that sucked." Right, right, right. <laughs> you know that, you know, or, or whatnot. But and we need to, yeah, man. Well, it, not do it alone. No, yes. not do it yeah. alone. You're right. So we take those steps. But even the sowing those seeds, and I think you're exactly right. Um, parents can't walk alone. No. They need other Christian parents who right. are walking this out. Or if you're a single parent, oh you, right, you, you really, yeah. or you could be, you could, you know. You could be, a, you could feel like a single parent raising your child, but you're not a single parent because mm, totally. you have a disengaged spouse or whatever that may be. That's why you do need you need people in your life. You need people who are like, you could text, hey, will you be praying for me? And 
Those things are really important. But as what you and I know in youth ministry, um, I rarely saw the fruit of my labors in the kids' lives immediately. Mm -hmm. I did see the fruit a couple years later after they graduated. I'd get yeah. a text. I'd get yeah. an email. I'd get, hey, you didn't know I was paying attention, but I actually <laughs> was. Thank you for loving me. Yeah. Thank you for being there for me. Um, and because of you, I'm following the Lord today. Yeah. Those are those seeds that you just sow. Consistency. Consistent seeds. So, so love, give, love, point the right direction. Don't compromise. Just keep moving forward. And those actually will, you will receive that harvest back in your kids' lives. And that's the promise from God. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jason, thanks so much, Thank man, you, for Evan. joining us on I love you, man. the Great. Teens Need Grace podcast, man. It's been a pleasure. Bless you, man. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Teens Need Grace. If you would like the show notes, ways to connect with us, or any of the resources Pastor Evan mentioned, please visit us online at fsmlife.church slash podcast. We're trying to get the word out about this podcast. You can help us out by telling your friends, sharing this episode on social media, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks.